You may be seated, and uh, kids, if age 12 and under, you can head back to Camp Pointway, where they have a lesson back there planned for you. Steve, you're older than 12. <laughs> Steve, thank you, was heading back there, and I know he's over 12, definitely. Well, it's good to be here this morning. It's been certainly an interesting week in many regards, and as I've talked with some of you, it's been an interesting week for you as well. And uh, God keeps us on our toes and uh, sometimes on our knees praying, and so we need that, um, certainly need that, and uh, appreciate Linda and the music this morning and missions moment and the announcements and all of it and all the people that help with that, so I appreciate you folks, so thank you. Well, as we're in that kind of a time in between series and working through things, we're jumping around a little bit in the Gospels, and we're going to be there uh, over the next couple of weeks until Advent. I know it's hard to believe, but the Advent season is coming, and we'll be working towards Christmas, but not until we're done with Thanksgiving. So I'm one of those that I love Thanksgiving. That's probably one of my favorite times of year, and so I'm one of those that we can hold off Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Friday, that's fine. Um, Friday used to be Lobster Friday, in case you were wondering. If you're from Maine, you'll understand, but uh, Friday used to be, well, the women would go shopping, and we would have lobster and then uh, enjoy. But anyways, that has nothing to do with today's passage. Uh, bonus, I got Maine on my brain because I'm heading there this week. So, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. We're going to start there, and hopefully it's a familiar passage, or you've at least heard it before, and um, it's the, the parable of the lost son. And again, parables are one of those things that Jesus used for teaching. Um, they were very helpful, especially in his day. And again, it, it applied to all different levels of your education or where you were at in life. It was to, you could get it no matter what it was. And a parable is simply a, a simple story to illustrate a spiritual lesson, right? A simple story to illustrate a spiritual lesson. And so this is one of those situations, this is one of those teaching times when Jesus not only had in the crowd those who um, were his disciples and the, the common folk, but he would also have the Pharisees around and uh, the teachers of the day. And so they would be listening in, and Jesus knew how to pull all of it in together and be able to teach on multiple levels and also to help identify things that were going on, both right and wrong. And so it was a great teaching method, and so he, he uses that, and um, Luke is one of the, the folks that writes this down for us, and he gives us those details that we need. Uh, Luke is one of the Gospels that I like to use often, because it's written kind of with a Gentile background or a Gentile in mind, and so it helps us get into the Jewish mindset, which is not common to us. In our Western minds, we don't think, obviously, like the Jews, and it's hard enough to go back to that day, but then to try to get into another culture... It's quite a bridge, but Luke does a great job of that and helping us with that. Anyone else? You know, here's a trivia question this morning. I, I don't like doing a lot of trivia, but here's a trivia. Do you, anyone know what other book that Luke wrote? Somebody said it. Don't be afraid. You said it right. Say, huh? Acts? All right, Jesse, good job. You, you get the prize of the day, which is kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> but Acts, that's right. Luke wrote the book of Acts as well. And again, great detail. And if you haven't read those in a while, that would be some good extra study and some good time of reading. But so Jesus is teaching with this parable. And there's three main characters in this parable. There's two sons and a father. 
Fairly simple, simple story. And again, we can be any one of those three. And I would say that we can be any one of those three at different times. And so read it or listen to the story in that, with that in mind. Either the father or one of the two sons. Verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided up his property between them. Again, trying to get into that Jewish custom, that Jewish mind, right? The, the father's going to pass on to his sons their inheritance. Highly unusual, especially from the younger son, to ask dad for his share up front, Right? Traditionally, you waited till the person passed on, right? Even today, we, we don't usually give our inheritance to our kids until we're long gone, right? We don't pass it on. So this was a big insult culturally. Basically, the son is saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I just want my money. I want it now. I don't want to wait. Very impatient, right? So that's where we have this younger son, And ironically enough, instead of the father rebuking him, he actually does it. He actually gives him his share at great cost. Again, he's still living. He has this this farm. He has this, this ongoing need business, and he's giving part of it up to his younger son right away. He's going to let him have it. Long after that. Verse 13, we get a little bit more of the story. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, his, to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. This is so common. I don't know about you, but I, I've watched this through the years happen, right? Dad's had a business up at that point on, and then he passes it on to his son, right? I think the, the failure rate from that point on is, is over 50%. Sons usually don't do things as good as their dad when they pass it on, right? The business usually tanks right away, right? He's foolish. He doesn't have the wisdom sometimes. He's not ready to take over. And so this younger son does what is typical. He takes his money and he squanders it. Some translations have said he, he partied hard, right? He, he, he spent it on foolish things. That word squandered is, is, gives that implication, right? Didn't spend it on good things. He spent it on things that were temporal and probably self-seeking. Sound familiar? Have you ever done that? Spent money foolishly? Wow, a lot of you shaking your heads. I thought I was the only one. Man, that's good. But especially when we're young, but guess what? Unfortunately, we can still do that when we're older as well. As I said, we can be one of these three at any point in time in this. But while he's out having fun and partying it up and has all this money and he's, he's spending it away, there just so happened to be a famine in the land, right? Things got tough. Things got tight, right? We would say today, inflation rose, right? 
Things got more expended. And so he found himself in need. He blew through his money. He had nothing left. And he's down at the bottom. And for the fact that a Jew ends up feeding the pigs, remember a Jewish custom, that's pigs are unclean. They're not associated with pigs. They don't want nothing to do with pigs. Again, our Western minds have a hard time with that. I, I would be lost without bacon. Um, some of you guys got that. That was good. No. But again, change, different dispensation. We can get into that in another time, why we can eat bacon now versus then. But then, again, it was not the place to be. And not only was he feeding the pigs for a wage, but he was at the point where he was having to eat right alongside what the pigs were being eaten. In fact, he even talks about these pods. It's like the pigs didn't even really want them. But if you spent some time and you broke them down, you could eat them. They weren't very filling. They weren't very satisfying. There wasn't much nutrition, but it was at least something. It might sustain you for a little while. But he's pretty low. He's at the, the lowest point in his life. He's at that critical point. He's at that why in the road, we might say. One of the things I love about this story is it reminds me of myself. And that's why I, probably this story is one of those stories that I, I really cherish and I hold on to. Because in my own life, I've gone through a similar situation. I got saved when I was young. I was blessed to have a good Christian home. And I, I had things really easy growing up. But I spent those high school years, as so many do, foolishly. And even up to my 20s, living on my own, chasing after things of the world. And again, at the same point here, I came to that same point in my own life. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. It's sitting on a hay bale in a cow barn, not a pig farm, but a cow barn. And God spoke to me and asked me if I'd had enough. He said it very audibly, just as like Joe sitting there, just said to me, have you had enough, Charlie? Have you had enough? And I agreed willingly at that point. Applied to college, met PJ, and you guys know the rest of the story. Been very helpful in that walk back out. Not perfectly, but walking back out. So this story gets very personal and gets very pointed because, again, I can put myself in that younger brother situation, that younger son. So verse 17, when it says, When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back into my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Again, he got to that point. He got to that point where he came to his senses and said, Hey, this is, I'm not going to make it. Let me at least go back, go back to my father and see that if I can at least be a servant to him. Maybe he'll hire me on. He'll take me in. I found an interesting quote, and it's been quoted often, but it's a good reminder. It says, sin always promises more than it gives. It takes you further than you wanted to go and leaves you worse off than you were before. Sin promises freedom, but brings slavery. Sin always promises more than it gives. Takes you further than you wanted to go and leaves you worse off than you were before. Sin promises freedom, 
but bring slavery. And again, we see in this story, that's where the son is at. He's, he's a slavery to his own sin. He's made his own choices, and he's got to that point where he's willing to just enslave himself now back to the father because it's not working on his own. It's taking him to a place that he never thought he would ever be. So he goes back. The story gets really good now. I enjoy this part as well. But it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and he was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now is found. So they began to celebrate. Get the, get the picture here. Get the story, right? This, this son is sin. He's been gone. And dad has been looking and searching day after day, just watching, watching over the hill, just trying to see. See if his son's going to come back. You know, the, the other part of this is, is uh, waiting for the prodigal to return, right? And the good father is just watching, just can't wait to see him. In fact, he just catches a glimpse of him, and he, and he knows exactly that's his son. And so he runs out. Again, Jewish custom, Jewish culture. Older men didn't run, right? It was undignified. It wasn't something they did. This father doesn't care anymore. He just runs after him, wraps his arms around him, and just can't wait to welcome him back. It's a beautiful scene here. It's a beautiful picture, right? And he says, hey, this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. He's back. He was lost and he was found. Again, in case you hadn't got the... Remember, I told you, a parable is a, a simple story to illustrate a spiritual lesson, right? And so... The Father here is obviously God, God the Father, right? And again, he's waiting for many times for us to return. We've gotten off track. We've gotten stuck in our sin. We've become a slave, and he's waiting for us to return back again, to welcome us back. He doesn't hold it against us. He doesn't make us jump through a bunch of hoops. He just welcomes us back with open arms. Again, that beautiful picture. <clears throat> And I tell you, it could be one of these three, because again, as we work to become more and more like Christ and we submit ourselves to Him, um, we may have family members, or we may have folks that we know that have gotten off track, right? I say it's one of the hard things to do is to keep our hearts tender for that prodigal that walks back through the door again, right? That forgiveness thing, you know, granting forgiveness, but actually receiving that person back and welcoming them back. Now, that's the goal, right? To receive them just like this father did, to welcome them back, not make them jump through a bunch of hoops, not make them go through a lot of things, but just welcome them back. I told you there were three people here, right? Well, there's another person here. Another person in this story. Remember, Jesus is teaching, and there's all different people in the crowd, and so he's teaching, 
And there's another group within this group. It's the older son, right? It says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called out to one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? As he answered, Your brother has come back. He replied, And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, look at all the years I've been slaving for you, and you never, diso- and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your pros- property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Right, that, that older son, right? He's been, he's been the good son, right? He's been the good one. He's been faithfully serving. He's been working day in and day out, right? And now he's suffering from that jealousy, right? He's screaming, it's not fair, right? It's not right. My brother has squandered his wealth. He's taken and he's gone. He's as good as dead to me, is really what the, if you translate and break it down, right? He's gone. He's no use. And so I said, we could be one of those three, right? And if we're not careful, we can be that older brother, right? We start doing the compare game, right? Or we start looking at other people and saying, well, how come they have it so easy? Or how come things come so well to them, right? It's always a dangerous game we start comparing because, again, we always tend to pick some, compare to someone that we think is of lesser value or lesser in our eyes. Again, not how God sees us, but how we see them. Right? We, don't, we don't usually pick someone that's compared to us. We pick someone that's lower than us. We always compare ourselves, right? And the only one we're to compare ourselves with is Jesus. He's the one that we need to compare us, ourselves to. And in case you haven't guessed, the older brother in this scenario is the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leaders of the days, the ones that had it all together or supposedly had it all together. They had the, the law. They were the ones. They were the chosen. They were the ones that were in power. They were the ones that knew the Scriptures. But in this, they had lost compassion for the lost. They lost compassion for those who are struggling. They get stuck in that comparison game, right? The one up. Yes, they had been faithful. Yes, they were still loved by God, but they were in the wrong. And then lastly here, as we wrap this up, look at the response of the father. Once again, here at the end, it says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and to be glad because the brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And Jesus is telling this story for us too, that, right, that we can become that older brother and we lose that softness of heart. It's been my prayer for a number of years now and I keep praying it because I want to keep that reminder is God, help me to see people as you see them. 
right? Help me to see people as you see them. Not as I see them, not as the world sees them, but as you see them. And then the second part of that prayer is help me to love them as you love them. Because sometimes I can see them, but I don't always love them the right way. That's why I say it's a continual prayer, because I continually need to be reminded of that. This, this story reminded me of that this week as I was studying and preparing for this morning. Right? To be sensitive, to be loving, to see people as you see them. To be that one looking for the prodigal to return happily, joyfully, and with open arms. So again, in this parable, we can find ourselves in one of these three camps, can't we? We can see one of us at any one point in time. We could be any one of these three. My first one is, are you the son this morning? Are you the younger son this morning? Have you got enough track? Have you taken for granted what God's given you and are you squandering it away? Maybe you're, Maybe you're the other brother, the older brother, right? You've gotten heart. You've gotten insensitive to those around you. Maybe you're, you're struggling with people. Or maybe you become prideful in your own position, right? And if you're not in one of those two places, and I hope that you're moving towards this next spot, where are you where God wants you? Are you in that place of openness and, and obedient to what God has for you this morning? Are you where God wants you to be? Just three questions, three places, three people, but which one are you this morning? Bow with me, please. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for sometimes just the simplicity of the Scriptures. But yet they cut to the heart. They cut to where we're at this morning. And Lord, help us to be where you want us to be. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that's in that spot of the younger son, Lord, that they would turn back quickly. As Scripture says, they would come to their senses and return to the Father. Lord, help us to be in that spot. Help us to continually surrender to you and your will. Lord, I also ask that you would be with those maybe here this morning that are struggling with people and struggling with forgiving someone or that have given up on someone and that we wouldn't be happy to see them return. Oh, Lord, soften our hearts. Ask us, ask us to be more like you in that situation. Help us. Help us to repent of our own pride and our own sin. Lord, continue to help us to be more and more like you each and every day. And Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for communion that we are about ready to partake, Lord, and that reminder of our own sins that were forgiven on the cross. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Linda's going to come up and play for us here in a minute, and going to ask the elders to come up this morning as well, Joe and Tony to help serve. If you're new with us this morning, our, our communion is an open communion this morning, and I, by that means it's open to all who believe. It's not a membership thing or a, a, if you're part of our regular family, but if you're here this morning and you believe in Jesus Christ, we want you to partake in that with us as the body of Christ, and so uh, it's an open table. That being said, though, at point way, we take it seriously, and we also understand Scripture and what it says, and so we take time to examine ourselves. For scripture says that. It says, so when whoever eats the bread or drinks from the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. It says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread or drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And what we like to do here is just take a moment right where you're at, just bow your head, just close your eyes, and it's just a moment of silence between you and God to make sure that you're right with Him. Bow with me, please. Joe, if he'll give thanks for the cup and the bread and for what it represents. Cling to 
first it says for I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me goes on and says in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this and whenever you drink it, remember me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. That's what we also like to do here at Point Way is a reminder that there are still cups left and there's still people that have not come to Christ yet. And so it's a reminder for us as believers to share the gospel, right? So that they may be able to join us next time. Uh, we do communion together as a church family. So thank you. <laughs> 